Welcome to Creating History. I'm your host, Caitlin. We're going to empower you to create your own history with God. Let's get this journey started. Hey, everyone. I am here today with my amazing friend, Jessica. Hello. We are going to talk about fostering today. She is a foster mother to some beautiful children, so we're going to talk about that. But before we get started, I just want to brag about her real quick and say that she is an amazing woman. She loves Jesus. She loves her family and her friends that she's adopted into her family. (laughs) Um, And she lives in Montana now. So I miss her very much when she's not here. But it's amazing what she's doing over there. And I'm so grateful that I get to witness it. So I'm excited for you guys to hear her speak today. Oh, thanks, Kate. Let's go ahead and pray. So, Father, I just thank you for your presence in this place, God. I ask that you would speak through myself and speak through Jessica today, Lord, that your words would flow through us, God, and that everyone listening would be touched by your words. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So how many kids do you and your husband have biologically? My husband and I have two biological kids, and right now we have four foster children. Yes. But we have had up to 11 foster kids in our home at a time. See, I didn't even know that, though. That's crazy. (laughs) Which was pretty crazy because we didn't know if we were coming or going, and we couldn't keep up with everybody's names. Wow. It was kind of insane. And I was pregnant at the time. Wow. So that was when you first, like, kind of first got out there. Yep. That is amazing. So... How long have your current foster kids been with you? Three of them have been with us. um, Well, with me, they've been there since I moved to Montana, which was in April of 2012. But even before I was there, um, they were with my husband, who um, was working at the foster home. And so total, they've been in the family for almost nine years. And how old are they? They are, we have a little girl that just turned 10, a boy, which is her brother, who is 13, and then another boy who is going to be 14. And then you have another one. And then one more (laughs) that we've had, we got him when he was almost four months old, and he's going to be 15 months soon, Um, so almost a year. Aww. The babies. So most of them only know Jessica and her husband, Justin, as their parents. So kind of that'll be, I guess the angle we'll be talking from, like, yes, these are her foster kids, but they're also her kids because that's really right all that they know. And really, since she's been there, she's raised them. Her and her husband have raised them. So how did you get into fostering? Go ahead and kind of give us your backstory with that. <laughs> Okay, I'll try to sum this up because it can be a pretty long story, but um, I went to Montana the first time in 2008 and I just fell in love with Montana and I knew before our trip was over that God was calling me there Mm -hmm. and I came home and I kind of felt lost because I knew that's where God wanted me, but I didn't even know how to begin and start to get there. And so I just kept praying about it and I kept going to visit um, every year. And one year, uh, my now husband's parents called me and um, 
my husband, who wasn't my husband at the time, uh, was going That's out of town. That's another story. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to do another episode for that. <laughs> so he was going to be out of town and they needed someone to be at the foster home. And so they said, is there any way you can take time off of work and come out here and um, help for about a week? Mm. And so my job let me get off and I went over there and it was one of those experiences where I mean, it was literally life-changing because the kids that I... Three of the kids that I talked about earlier were in the foster home then. Mm -hmm. And by the end of that week, I knew immediately that's where God wanted me. And so I I told um, my now mother-in-law that was there, I said, if I did not have to take this... um, rental car back to the airport I would just stay I wouldn't even leave that is how much I knew God wanted me to be there and so I went home and I told my parents and they weren't very happy about it (laughs) we are in Virginia and that is Montana (laughs) yeah so I mean who wants their daughter on the other side of the United States so I also told my job that I'd be putting in my notice And I ended up moving, like I said, in April of 2012. That is awesome. Like, I just love how you were obedient. Like, and I've, I've, we've talked so much about with different people every week about obedience and being obedient to God and the rewards that come with it. And just even you being obedient to going there when you weren't with your now husband and following the voice of God and God brought you guys together and now you guys have a beautiful family of your own with your foster kids you know so it just shows that it's so rewarding to be obedient to his voice yeah I mean I'm not gonna lie it was scary because you know it was just me um my husband Justin and I really didn't get along (laughs) at the time and so it was really God that kind of knit both of our hearts together to make us realize that we had We both had the same heart for children and for ministry. And I didn't have too much support in Virginia from most friends and family. And so I just prayed to God that the only voice I would hear was his. And his voice would be the loudest. And I just, I knew that's where I was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And there were several times I, I asked God for signs and he definitely gave him to me that what I was doing was his will. Amen. That's so good. So was some was it something you always desired? Like, I know, like, sometimes when we're younger adults, like, we're like, oh, I eventually want to foster, I eventually want to adopt or something. Was that something that was ever inside of you? Or was it something that God just really just sparked inside of you? I don't know if it was always um, inside of me, but... My parents fostered for a period of time, and so I saw several kids come and go in our own home, and something about seeing my parents do that and seeing them mm-hmm. love on kids that weren't theirs, yeah, it spoke to me, and I remember thinking, if I ever got, get the opportunity someday, I want to do that as well. And that's the heart of the father, you know, like to love everybody, mm-hmm. and that's how we're supposed, we're called to love even people that don't look like us and aren't raised the same as us. So I think that's beautiful just to to see that as an example and, and have that desire. Like, I have a desire to foster, um, and I didn't 
I wasn't raised, I don't think anyone in my family fostered, but like, that's a desire that, that is inside of me. Um, so just even talking to you about <laughs> this is kind of going to help me in what I feel like I'm called to in the future. So, um, even though I know you personally, <laughs> but it's good to actually talk about things, you know, sometimes. And there's such a need for foster families. There is, there really is. So what are some of the differences between raising your own kids and your foster kids? I'd say the biggest difference is probably in the way um, you discipline your kids. Mm -hmm. And I know that's kind of a tough area to talk about because not everybody agrees on disciplining kids. But I look at at it biblically Mm -hmm. and the Bible says you spare the rod, you spoil the child. And so I, especially my um, youngest biological child, he is so Mm strong-willed. And I have to, (laughs) (laughs) um, he gets spanked very often. (laughs) And so with our foster children, we don't have that option. And so there's some times where I know I, they'd be straightened out with a good swat in the bottom (laughs) and you, we can't do that. And so, you know, they see our own children getting disciplined one way. And then we have to think of kind of creative ideas on how to discipline them. And it kind of gets hard, especially the older they get, Mm -hmm. because I mean, an older child standing in timeout, that only works for so long. Exactly. Exactly. And they are getting older at this point. Exactly. (laughs) So I know, like you said, your parents, when they were fostering, you saw kids come and go. So kind of talk about how the system can be a revolving door for kids to come in and out. And at one point you said you had 11 kids. Right. So how is that emotionally and how do you deal with that? Because for me, like that, because I love so hard, Mm -hmm. I feel like that would be the hardest is like, I have to let this kid go back, which is good. You want them, the goal is to get them back with the parents. But at the same time, it's emotionally, I feel like draining for the person that's fostering. So go ahead, from your perspective, talk about that. It it honestly used to be something that it would eat me alive almost yeah. because I was always thinking, when is this child going to go? When am I going to? When am I going to get a call yeah. um, that they're coming to get this one or that one? And it it kind of drove me insane. And so I finally I, I prayed about it and I talked to my husband about it and I said, listen, I. I don't have peace and I need peace. Mm -hmm. And, um, my husband and I agreed together that when we prayed that when we have a child in our home, we're going to pour into that child. We're going to pour into them and teach them about the Lord and we're going to love them like they're our own. Um, whether that's a week, a month, a year. And if that child is to leave and go back, I have prayed and asked God that it no child will leave our home unless they're going back to a good situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have to trust that. I I prayed it and I felt like peace just came over me. And now I don't worry. I live day to day and I love my kids, um, all of them, like they were my own. And I put them in the Lord's hands and I know he he holds them in the palm of his hand and he he knows them better than I do. So while I do wonder, you know, where some of my kids are, I, I don't worry because I know God's watching over them. 
Yeah, and I I feel like even the verse in Proverbs that says, train up a child in the way he should go, mm-hmm. and when he's old, he won't depart from it. Even though you're not their biological parent, you were given the right, right. to train them up. And I feel like God trusts you with that. Mm-hmm. And so he's not going to, like, that's a promise from God, and he's faithful. So I feel like even if these kids go off the course, there's gonna they will come back, you know, um, because you and Justin instilled the word of God inside of them and the love of Christ. So they know that, and there will be a time where even if they're not with him, that it'll click and they'll come back. Um, so I just felt like saying that as an encouragement to you. Since we're talking about kids coming in and out, would you say that you've seen a difference in the way that they came into your home and the way they left? Or how would you, like... How did some of them shift? Sometimes, I mean, I remember at one point we had a brother and sister and they were three and four. And you could just tell that they were both very emotionally um, disturbed. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, there were many times, I mean, the sister was the oldest. And you could tell that she, even at that young of an age, was... um, she had been taking care of her younger brother and it broke my heart to see kids so young that Mm -hmm. he was so dependent on her, like almost as a mom. And I prayed over, I mean, my husband and I both laid our hands in on them and prayed, you know, that these things that they've been put through, you know, that God would just free them from the burdens that they've been carrying at such a young age. And, I could see such a big difference in them when they left. And it, it was hard um, losing those two. But, um, and I, I haven't heard from them since, but I know um, God's watching over them. And I know even if they don't leave, um, and I, I feel like I've changed their life necessarily, I feel like it's seeds planted. Yeah. And I, I always pray that someone else is going to come along and water those seeds. Amen. Definitely. So what are some of your biggest challenges of fostering? Biggest challenges, it's kind of like I said about the discipline um, part. I'd say that's the most challenging. Um, But also, um, just because most of them have come from abusive situations, um, the way we love our own kids may not necessarily be the way that these kids want or need to be loved. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of have to learn and be patient um, with and, and you have to learn about each child. They're all so different and they all receive love differently. And so it's just patience, I guess, learning to be patient. That's awesome. And it's true. Like even as adults, we have love languages, you know, like, mm-hmm. like my love language is quality time, you know? So like, even as an adult, like there's a certain way that I need to be loved, you know? And even you as from your husband, like there's a certain way that you need to be loved. So like it goes all the way down to that child level and, and it's a more delicate situation when they're, they've been abused because it's harder for them to receive it. Um, so it's just a matter like, and, and they need consistency. Like exactly. when, when a child hasn't been loved properly, they need consistency. So like for you guys to love and have been there from the beginning for the four you have now, like there's so much consistency. And even if they were to be taken from your home, which I don't foresee in the future, um, they already know love. 
like they've encountered the love of the father through you guys over the the years that you've had them so like it's already transforming them and changed them right because you've broken through you know um because the consistency exactly so talk about some of the rewards of fostering now probably the biggest reward is just that god god sees us fit to be in these children's lives you know it's not i don't believe any child has come in our home or will come in our home on accident i truly believe that every child that um has been in our home i mean it's been ordained by god and Mm. that it's been for a purpose and so it's rewarding to think that um you know we played even just a small part in um teaching them about the lord and just loving them yeah. you know even if you know the rest of their life they may wonder and struggle i i always hope that they'll look back and remember hey i had justin and jessica who loved me mm-hmm. um even when my parents didn't yeah that's awesome and that's such a a good like that is the most rewarding part to know that mm-hmm. god trusts you to yep. love these kids um so i think that's beautiful I want to also hear about how your own children kind of adjust to having other kids in the house. Well, Connor, uh, he's our five-year-old and our youngest biological child. He was kind of born into it. And Mm -hmm. so when we have kids come into our home and um, the ones we have now, I mean, he doesn't look at them any differently than he does his own biological brother. I mean, he looks at them as you're my brothers and you're my sister. And so I think that's pretty cool that he knows no different, even though my kids have a different skin color and they have a different nationality. He doesn't see them differently. That's amazing. Yeah. So my older son, on the other hand, you know, he wasn't um, born into fostering children. So I think he's had a harder time, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, he's, accepting of it and he knows I mean even when we got our youngest baby you know he was almost four months old and we sat down we always make sure he's okay with it yeah yeah because it's not just gonna affect us it's gonna affect him yeah and we just told him you know there's this baby that needs a home you know his mom literally dropped him off at the hospital and said she didn't want him anymore Mm. and so we said I'd like you to think and pray about um, us bringing this baby into the home and he said you guys need to get him and Aww. it was like immediate oh my goodness <laughs> and the bond those two have it's so special because um our oldest son is literally that baby's favorite person oh, and so awesome. it's pretty neat to see that I feel like God's kind of um softened his heart mm-hmm. in fostering as well that's amazing I love that. Give us some final thoughts and what you would say to someone that desires to foster. I say if it's something that God's put on your heart, um, even a little bit, definitely make that a focus in your prayer life mm-hmm. and even fast about it. Yep. Um, it's it's not easy. And I, I'm definitely not going to lie about that. I mean, it's very challenging and it's one of the hardest things I've done. Mm -hmm. Um, but 
it's something that's so needed. There are hundreds and thousands of kids in foster care and they just need, literally you just need to be willing. And especially if you know the Lord and you have the Lord on your side and you're, you have a willing heart, I mean, you're already there, you know? I mean, that's literally all you need is to be willing to love um, a child that is not yours, but a child that is Lord's, you know? I mean, these, we're all God's children and he, he loves us all equally, no matter where we came from, whether um, we have a family, whether we don't have a family. And so I just say, go for it, you know, but also make sure that you, you're putting the Lord first because you're definitely going to need him (laughs) Yeah. in times where it gets hard. Thank you guys for listening. Head over to our website, creatingyourhistory.com to check out the blog for this episode and others. Make sure to subscribe, share, and rate us. We love you and we look forward to sharing next week's episode with you.